Are you working? What kind of work do you do? That's all my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Now I'ma start collecting props, connecting plots, networking like a conference. Cause the nonsense is yet to stop. Jake, shake me down. Hey, all right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast, coming to you from a shared universe podcast studio. I'm Weston. With me, as always, to my left is my right hand man. Lou, Lou, you know the deal. I cannot actually begin this show until we comment on the music. I was quite tempted to let that continue for an extended period of time, but I figured we do have a show to get in this evening. Yo, highly underrated rapper, Guru. I uh, love the group Gangstar. I just felt like that song was appropriate for the position groups that we're going to be talking about. Guru is very smooth. He's very melodic. It's going to be talking about, it's going to be similar to the type of uh, position players we're going to be uh, covering today in our top 10 list. Awesome. This week, you actually included me in the decision making. You normally do, but this one, you gave me a variety of options and it might have been the easiest one. I won't give away the other options because we might have to leverage them in coming weeks because they're equally. I'm always I'm always in the lab, though. Don't worry. But I, I, I agree with you. I just feel like Guru is not nearly appreciated enough in, in, in his work. Love his flow. And you know what? Some similarities, because I don't think we're talking football is appreciated nearly enough um, in what we do. Yes. Make sure you follow us at w, uh, uh, WTF Pod NFL on Twitter and Instagram. Love it. Love it. You already gave us the skinny uh, on tonight's episode as we kind of continue our, our top 10 series. We'll focus on the wide receivers tonight. I'll preface by saying... I'm going to have a lot to say about this position, so I apologize in advance if I'm Quite eating right. up some some airwaves, but this is a little bit more in line with what I would consider my bread and butter Yes, um, as a, an NFL um, and sports fan, and I think I'll, I'll have some surprises. Nothing shocking, because you know me, um, and we've had these conversations offline, but I think outside of order, there might be some names that you could counter-argue. Yeah, well, I'm going to say just like last time, my list is actually perfect. So uh, <laughs> there's going to be no argument uh, from your standpoint. Uh, but I also wanted to – a lot of people, were, they were talking to me about our first our first uh, show that we did. This is not fancy football, people. This is We're talking about reality football. So uh, obviously there's going to be some names that we're going to leave out here. It's because we're talking about reality football. Yes, on this list, blocking matters. In fantasy football, blocking is not a statistic. Yeah. So uh, we're looking at the position, all-encompassing. Love it. This is I'm probably going to be the most hyped I am for any of these top 10 shows this evening. So I will let you do the honors and kick us off. And as, as previously, working backwards, right? Yep. 10 through 1? It's like usually brains before beauty, but let's go. Yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, so for my number 10 uh, – uh, ranked wide receiver. I find myself becoming more and more like that Clint Eastwood disgusted face meme as I get older and older. Just like last show, I will absolutely not put a rookie wide receiver in my top 10 after only one year of play. But you know what I'm going to do? I will put a wide receiver as two years play. Enter my 10th ranked wide receiver, A.J. Brown. Brown has posted back-to-back 1,000-yard 
seasons while averaging less than 100 targets per year. Now, to put that into perspective, most of the wide receivers we're going to be talking about today normally average around 135 to 150 targets per year. He also found the end zone 19 times in two years, which is impressive when you consider the fact that he plays in a predominantly run-heavy offense. What makes Brown so special, he can beat you. He, he can beat a defender either deep or catch a slant and take it to the house with his speed. His game eerily reminds me of Terrell Owens, and I really do feel like he's going to be moving up on this list as time goes on. I'll throw in another stat for you because he was definitely on my radar. He did not make it into my top 10, but we'll so talk about that. So your top 10's that. already flawed. Yeah, and so we'll talk about that. He was tied for 11th, but I have some other names that he's tied with. 17.4 yards per catch. I love him. He's good. Lots to like about A.J. Brown. He just Brown. runs like a running back, too, like with authority. Yeah. I'm That's where of, I think I see the similarity to T.O. Yes. Just the physicality, right? Like maybe not the exact same builds. T.O. is a bigger 6'3", but weight-wise, running style-wise, and what they do after the catch. He can, I see he, that he, too. Can, he beat you deep, too. There's plenty of throws from uh, a great quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he, just, he just put on the numbers. <laughs> I'm doubling I down on that. All right. I love it because you're you're giving me some justification here for my number 10 wide receiver. I was very, very tempted to put a one-year receiver in this list as well, but I refrained. But I am not gun-shy on adding a two-year receiver to number 10 on my list, and my name is going to be different than yours. And it might not even be the first name that you're thinking about. I'm going to lead in at number 10 with 25-year-old Terry McLaurin from the Washington football team. Okay. okay. Scary Terry. You don't get this nickname by accident. He's not an ugly individual, so it wasn't given to him because of that, because he is just dangerous and electrifying. So in 2020, 134 targets, 87 receptions, 1,100 plus yards, four touchdowns. Career For his career, 145 receptions, over 2,000 yards, 11 touchdowns. He has caught... 94 balls that have yielded a first down in a two-year span. So if you do quick math, that is 75, roughly 76% of his receptions equate to a first down. He's done all this with zero quarterback play in his first two years and no other true offensive weapon that you legitimately needed to worry about on opposite ends of the field. They had to be creative to get him the ball. And he's very special with the ball in his hands. To me, he's just a rising star in this league. You get him a more competent offense, which I think he's going to start to see, even in this one-year blip, just with Ryan Fitzpatrick out there, somebody who's willing to sling the ball and will take risks. I think you're going to see those stats um, climb. He plays very physical. He's very quick out of his breaks, runs incredible routes for somebody who's only two years in the league, and he has deep speed. So, like, I know I used this tool, when, uh, this tool, this term when I was talking about your guy, Justin Herbert, a five-tool athlete. This guy is a five-tool wide receiver, and we haven't even seen it uh, fully come to fruition yet. Yo, I love McLaurin. I've uh, been saying his praise for quite some time now. I think top 10's a little rich for my blood. Uh, top 20-ish. I think he's more appropriate there. But like you said, you can make an argument because he's been so successful with such awful quarterback play. Uh, all that being said, I just think it's a little too rich for me. And we'll see what he does with uh, Fitzpatrick, you know, coming into this year and what have you. 
Can't wait to see feedback on whose list is right and whose list is wrong. I think I'm killing it, by the way. Right? <laughs> One pick in. Here we go. Number nine. Number nine. Uh, remember back in 2014, uh, everyone was clamoring over Odell Beckham. He's going to be the next, you know, Jerry Rice and what have you. No, I didn't see it. Didn't believe it. I said there was another receiver in that draft class that was better than Odell. And I think I'm going to be winning this argument. So with the number nine, uh, top, uh, the number nine selection, it's Mike Evans, three times pro bowler. All this guy has done since he's gotten to this league was post seven straight 1,000-yard seasons, which shows to me Evans is a model of consistency when talking about production, but also his ability to stay on field. He ranks fifth with 37 receptions of 20-plus yards since 2019. Per PFF, Evans has 231 receptions of 15-plus yards since entering the league in 2014. He's only behind one other wide receiver during that time span, which I'm not going to mention now because, teaser alert, that other receiver is also on my top 10 list. So uh, my number ninth uh, ranked wide receiver is three-time pole bowler. Mike Evans. Can't argue with it, and you'll see why in a moment here. Um, so I'm going to jump into my number nine. This is where it's going to get like fun, right? Because we don't want to give away like statistics we have for somebody else that mm-hmm. might be ranked somewhere. So my number nine wide receiver is 27-year-old Allen Robinson of the Chicago Bears. 2020 stats, 151 targets, 102 receptions, 1,250 yards, six touchdowns. And I'm going to use a a similar statistic where he had 68 receptions for first downs. Career-wise, 457 receptions, one yard shy of 6,000 total yards, 39 touchdowns, 311 of his 457 receptions have gone for first downs. That's insane right there. That's crazy. And... Listeners might be like, who cares how many catches he had for first downs? Like, this matters when you're a wide receiver. Like, are you moving the chains? Like, the, the, I use this term a lot, and I think the older generation knows what I'm talking about, but the younger doesn't when I say a possession wide receiver, a true number one. These are guys that keep offenses on the field and defenses resting on, on the sideline. So that, that statistic matters, even if it's to me. He was only one of four receivers – to catch over 100 passes in 2020. Only two receivers had more targets. Now I'm going to continue the poor quarterback theme here for a moment. Never once, not even in college, has Allen Robinson had a legitimate quarterback throwing him the ball. He probably doesn't jump off the charts to a lot of people. He's like not super flashy or sexy or does, you know, he doesn't run 4-3 down the field. He doesn't do any of those things. But I assure you, this man can ball, and he 100% deserves to be in this top 10 list. He's a big body, true possession wide receiver. He runs clean routes, makes big-time catches in crucial crucial situations. And I have here emboldened, he is a chain mover, and he's a legitimate red zone threat. Lou, like, tell me, who have been his quarterback since he's been in the NFL? Yeah, I think that's crazy how you have Allen Robinson ranked ninth. I do. You want to know why? Because I haven't ranked eighth. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, good segue. All right, and hold all on. Right. And this is not premeditated, people. This is all, you know, all accidental. So, yeah, Allen Robinson is my eighth, eighth uh, ranked wide receiver. He's a, uh, he's a one time pro bowler. And you say, who's been his quarterback? 
You know I have stuff like that. You know I come with this. Sh- I come with this shit. Yep. Look at who's been passing to Allen Robinson in his career. I'm, I broke him down by attempts. He has 372 attempts from Blake Bortles. 233 attempts from Mitchell Trubisky. 29 attempts from Chase Daniels. 11 attempts from Chad Henney. And one attempt from Brian Walters. I don't know who the hell Brian Walters is, by the way. Uh, And all that being said, when you take his career, he's pretty much average 1,000 yards receiving per year, except for that one year he got hurt. So if you minus that one year, anytime he's on the field, he's giving you 1,000 yards. Uh, Per PFF, in 2020, Robinson tied for the most contested catches uh, with 21, you were saying he's that big body receiver that gets those c- c- uh, catches. You weren't you weren't wrong, and he posted a one percent drop rate, which ranked him third amongst receivers with a hundred plus targets. So he also has strong, sturdy hands. Since joining the Bears in 2018, he's ranked fifth in drop rate with 2.2 percent and first in contested catches. So he's gonna if he gets the hand, his hands on the ball, he's coming down with it. Forget about the free Britney movement. It's time for free Robinson movement right now, right? <laughs> and hopefully Justin Fields is the quarterback that's going to be able to do so. I would love to see what he can do with some competent quarterback play. I love the fact that we had same player, but two completely different types of stats that we focused on. You focus on what he brought to the table numbers-wise. I focus more about uh, what he does inside the game. He, to me, is just a complete receiver. And another one, um, and I'll talk about a few names here that I think are just severely underrated. And not that underrated. Nobody's like saying Allen Robinson's not even their top 20 of wide receivers. But this is about time he did, got this type of recognition, is my, he, my opinion. He catches – I don't think you see him catch as many deep balls as you probably do because of his – Awful uh, quarterback yeah. play, but when they're on point, those those deep passes, he catches a lot of them. He's a savvy route runner. He knows how to lure you in, take a break, and then get beyond you and use his body. Yeah, he's so not he's slow open. though. He's, he's not slow. No, no, but he's not a four 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 no. three guy. No. You know. So who's your eighth guy? My eighth guy is Mike Evans from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> um, so Lou rattled off a lot of stats. Um, I think one that sticks out to me is also his yards per catch, um, 15 and a half for his career per catch. That's a pretty significant yeah. number. Honestly, in my notes here, I said, what's not to like about Mike Evans? And you were talking about how Odell, right? The the Odell everyone, hype train. Everyone was going yep. on Odell's nuts. So was I. So not was me, I. though. From day one, I was Odell. I'm a 49ers guys. fan, and I have Odell's giant jersey, right? Like, fool. I was a, a fool. huge fan of Odell. I was pounding the table for Odell before he went to the combine and did what he did and ran a 4 3 because I watched a lot of LSU football. And I just saw, it's like, God, this guy gets no notoriety right now, but he's a freak athlete. In any case, I will admit, I was not high on Mike Evans. I literally thought he was. I hate to use this term, but like a one-trick pony. I thought he was a 6'5", send him downfield, I'm going to throw – a college gimmick is the way that I – Wow. That's what I literally thought he was going to be. It's so weird that you said that because I thought – what's not like to, not like to, uh, like about Evans, he was six – the guy was huge and fast. Yeah. But again, I just said like 
everybody's huge and fast in the NFL, right? So it's it's a different he level balls. of competition. He did. Listen, the statistics were all there. Like, I, but we can rattle off a hundred other receivers that had statistics and running. It wasn't like Stephen Hill when the Jets took Stephen Hill. Remember? Well, he played in the yeah, option yeah, offense like every, down in Georgia Tech. Yeah, but, but I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, he had the production. Stephen Hill did not, right? But again, six five, four three, forty type guy. Um, but that's what I thought, you know, um, and I'll be the first to admit that I was wrong. He still does those things really well that I talked about that I thought was more of a gimmick. But to me, he's proven to be a lot more. He's uh, he's become a possession receiver. He's clearly a third down threat, an absolute monster in the red zone. And we said earlier how this is not about fantasy football, but I have in a note here is why I always find a way to get Mike Evans on my fantasy roster because he catches touchdowns, 13 of them last year to be exact. Um and that, that's that's three time pro baller like that that's Mike Evans is my guy at eight. Yeah, I really think he matured over his career. Uh, in the beginning of the career, like you said, he probably just went deep, a lot of go routes, right? But if you watch him throughout uh, through the later years of his career, he's actually done a tremendous job of going over the middle. And he's tough, man. He gets smacked a lot, and he keeps on getting back up. There's numerous times I'm like, wow, I can't believe he just got up from that. The one thing that hinders. My love for him in some capacity is because I feel like he does – the statistics will say he played all 16 games this year, right? But, like, my eyes watching the game says, well, he might have only finished, like, 10 of those, you know? Like, he doesn't seem to finish the game. Or if he is, he's limping around on that nagging ankle. That happens when you're six foot five and you're that long and that fast. Like, see, those things happen. You see that as a negative. I see it as a positive. He tries to gut it out, man. He's not, he's not, he's not taking games off. Sometimes, he's trying it. Sometimes you're doing your team more harm than good. Hmm. All right, who's number seven? Okay, so you were talking about Terry McLaurin before, right? It's not number. That's not my number seven guy. I was going to say who, who Terry McLaurin reminds me of is my number seven guy, and Stefan Diggs. Jesus. Stefan Diggs is a uh, he went to the Pro Bowl once, and he's a first time. He's also an All Pro as well. Now he was good with the Vikings, but he just might have became elite with the Bills in 2021. He showed he didn't need a player of Adam Thielen's caliber to take the attention off off of him. He showed that he's a true bona fide wide receiver one. His first season with Buffalo, he led the league with 127 catches and 1,535 receiving yards. Now, why is that so crazy? What happened last year? COVID. All during this COVID offseason, he had no time to really digest the new playbook or formulate chemistry with a new quarterback who, frankly, before last season, people were still... Eh, on wasn't sure if he was the real deal. So it wasn't like he was going to one of those top quarterbacks that would have made him better. People weren't 100%. The jury was still out on, uh, uh, what's his name? I think I Josh forgot. Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen. Sorry, I had a brain fart right there. Uh, what makes Diggs so good is he's an electric route runner. He gets in and out of his breaks so quickly, which probably is part of the reason why he ranks first since 2019 with 40 receptions of 20-plus yards. So that's my number seven guy. My number seven guy, Stefan Diggs. Ah, this is kind of good. Lou, what is super crazy here is like I have a line about, hey, he was really good in Minnesota, but he's on the precipice of proving to be elite in Buffalo. So like similar, ver- we're using similar verbiage to even describe this guy. I have the highest praise for Stefan Diggs. He played the most snaps in the league last year at wide receiver. He led the league, as you mentioned, in receptions, in receiving yards, 
and yards per game in his first season in a COVID-ridden season with zero preparation opportunity to get acclimated to his new team. I think, obviously, the quarterback situation is different there in Buffalo. But, you know, first-team All-Pro, evident, right? It's his first pro ball this year. He's first-team All-Pro. The other thing that I loved about it when I was looking at some statistics, 76.5% catch percentage when you're targeting him. I don't. I honestly don't know where that ranks in the NFL. I'm sure I can find it, but oh, with Buffalo, that one with year. Buffalo, yeah, not yeah. career wise. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I meant to say with Buffalo. Um, I would guarantee that's top five without even looking at it in terms of catch. Yeah, percentage normally when it's, targeting. Like, it's like, like higher, mid, it's like uh, mid 60s, uh, high 60s. It's like 65 to 72. Yeah. 76 and a half percent. So to me, in a new offense with a new quarterback reliability too right puts himself in favorable positions has a quarterback and give him the ball he takes care of the rest like some of these guys that are going to come after stefan Diggs, um to me what's super important is his route running capability it's just clean like there's no false steps there's every no every route movement. on the tree yeah it's just really clean and I mean, he's a fast guy, but when you can do all of those things, you're creating three, four, five, six yards of separation and getting yourself available to your quarterback. So and he also finds the end zone frequently. For sure does. Eight last over, year. Yeah, he's not overly huge. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who do you got number six? If we're the same the rest of this <clears> way through, this might get boring. This is true because I'm going to be stealing a lot of your thunder. So you might just repeat what, everything I'm going to be saying. Okay. Who do you got number six? Uh, the number six uh, ranked wide receiver is the best route runner in the league. It's Keenan Allen. He plays wide receiver like a basketball player. Time and time out, he, he's out crossing up cornerbacks to get open. Next-gen stats rated Keenan Allen the most accurate route run in the NFL last year. Eric Crocker, who's a, who's a guy you should follow on Twitter. I do follow Crocky. Yeah, uh, I know, as a Niners fan. Yeah. Yep. Uh, made a good point. Uh, when Pro Football Focus was doing a poll on who is the best route runner uh, in the NFL, is it Diggs, Keenan Allen, Ridley, Cooper, Jefferson, or Adams. It's none of those, but... Crocker made a good point. He said, it's absolutely Keenan Allen. I'm going to give you the quote here. Quote, end quote. Allen is the slowest of the group, and he'd still be whooping dude's ass, yo. LOL. End quote. Makes a good point. Mm-hmm. Gotta think about it. Keenan point. Allen is not fast. Not at all. But he's always open. How is that possible? He, he does not use his... It's not like his speed will... Uh, you know, break away from a cornerback. His route running ability is what made Keenan Allen become the fastest player to reach 600 career receptions in 96 games played and the most catches in his first 100 games with 623 uh, receptions. He's a big-time playmaker, maybe not from the the traditional sense of long-distance plays, but Allen is the guy a QB goes to in order to move the chains. Look at his first downs compared to others. Allen's among the, leader, uh, among the leaders when it comes to converting first downs with over 399 conversions in his career. That's all while playing only nine games in two years because he had a little injury uh, uh, issues uh, earlier in his career. When comparing to some of the top wide receivers in the league, Keenan's averaged more yards per game in his career than Diggs, Robinson, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams. So he absolutely belongs around this area in the top 10. My closing argument? Keenan Allen and Randy Moss are the only players since the merger to record a thousand yard receiving in, in a year and an interception in the same season. So, boom, Keenan Allen, number six. Love it. 
My number six, three-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro from the New Orleans Saints, 28-year-old Michael Thomas. 2020 stats, not sexy. Injuries, a lot going on there. He played in seven games. He had like 55 targets, 40 receptions, 438 yards, no TDs. Career, 510 receptions, 5,950 yards, 32 touchdowns, and averages 9.1 yards per target, which means I'm going to debunk some of the thought around Michael Thomas here in a minute. Lou, crazy stat for you. Even though he played seven games last season, so less than half of a, uh, a season in his four years, right? He's still averaging over 100 receptions per year, excuse me, over his five-year career by missing half a season, still averaging over 100. Now, a lot of that's bolstered by that. I don't even know what it was. What, 149, 150 receptions 149, yep. that he had in that one year? He is a big body, strong receiver, but he's mainly known for the slant route, right? That's the knock on him. To me, he's proven he can run every route on the tree and run them well. But the slant's been successful for them as a team. And here, here's what I love about it. You know it's happening, and you still can't stop it. Why in God's name would I deviate from it? It's the same thing as I know this team's going to run the football right now, but I can't literally stop them. They are physically overpowering me every time. They are physically out finessing them every single time. Now, a lot of that I think has to do with the intellect of the quarterback at the time, but to Michael Thomas, again, that big body can get in there quick, um, runs clean routes, et cetera. Um, I do think this is a big time year for him. Candidly, if he even put up three quarters of the stats that he did in 2019 and 2020 without any injuries, he's probably in my top five. But there's got to be a little bit of a penalty here. But this is a big time year for him coming off of injuries. No Drew Brees. But I personally think he is more than poised for this challenge. And I have no doubts he is worthy of, of being number six on my list. Yo, it's crazy because like if this was last year, right, before the season started, he'd probably be like, Two. Could be. Right? Yeah. And I think last year, it's crazy how what ha- the NFL's of what have you done for me lately league. Uh, and I think it's insane that people are sleeping on Michael Thomas just because he doesn't win the way other wide receivers win with the deep passes or yards after their catch. That's not his game. And it's all right because coming in at number five for me is Michael Thomas. And he's not just a slant boy, as Carlton Davis III referred him to. That's where he—that's his bread and butter, sure. But he was one of the most—he's one of the most productive wide receivers coming into the league. I'm not going to rattle off the stats that you just stated right now because that'll just be redundant. Uh, but yeah, those numbers are insane. The fact that he basically missed almost a half a season and still has averaged over 100 catches a year. And guess what? It wasn't just the Drew Brees effect either. Back in 2019. Breeze missed weeks three through seven due to an injury and was replaced by Teddy Bridgewater, right? During those five games, Thomas was able to amass 42 receptions for 551 yards and three touchdowns, all right? He would have been, if Bridgewater was his quarterback for that year alone, he would have been easily over 1,000 yards. Yeah. So it's not it's not just he was living off the Drew Breeze, you know, uh, you know, right arm. And one thing I'm shocked you didn't say, I'm so happy you didn't, Bro, look at his catch percentage versus the other people on this list that we're going to talk about. 
He is at 77.6% for his career. You were singing Diggs' praises at being at what, 72%? What was it? That's 70, 76. 76 for, for one year. Yeah, for one year. This guy for five years is almost at 78%. Where mostly, you know, the greats are in the upper 60s or lower 60s. That's a, He's extremely efficient, man. No, I I agree. Um, obviously evident by where I yeah, placed listen him. To me, yeah. yeah, I mean, these guys, as we get closer to the list, these players are going to be interchangeable. Yep, and evident here at number five where I have Keenan Allen from the Los Angeles Chargers. I hope we didn't steal too much of your thunder. Well, you kind of did because I always want to be the first to say Keenan's name because you know how big of a fan I am of Keenan yes. Allen. And I think to be in a top five of any list in the NFL is singing an individual's praises. Um, what I love about him, you know, when you target him, you talked about 68.3% completion percentage for his career. To me, he is the second best route runner in football and possibly the most underrated player in the entire NFL. I don't think people realize, realize how good of a football player he is. He does everything well for your team. He's not... Uh, you didn't throw me the ball and I'm going to storm off the field and kick a tent and watch the tent net blast me in the face. None of those antics. He's a team guy. He does everything right from the positioning where he is on the field, his splits, his accountability, his blocking down the field. I love everything about Keenan Allen's game, except for the fact that he doesn't play for my personal team. <laughs> that is literally the only ding that I have against this guy and clearly well out of his control. We talked about it. he's certainly not the biggest and he's certainly not the fastest wide receiver in the league, but he uses his body, his leverage, and, a, and route running ability, I think, better than anyone in the league. Like, who is more reliable than Keenan Allen? Yeah. Listen, am I a homer for the team? I, you're uh, a cynical homer, but you're not a homer. No, you're yeah, not I'm, a homer. I'm you're more homer. cynical yeah, than yeah, 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 being a yeah. homer. And. I'm telling you, Keenan is better than your number one. I have a feeling who your number one guy is, and I'm telling you, he's better than him when it comes to route running. Maybe not release, but route running. He's better than him. I, I, I'll, I'll flag who I think it's going to be in a little later. But it's going to be my number one, I feel like. But the last thing I'll say about Keenan is he just continues to put up his numbers year over year, and to me, he actually seemingly gets more savvy the longer he's in this league. Like he just picks up a new tool or a new trick or whatever year it's, over year over year where his his play doesn't decline. Do you follow him on Instagram? I do not. You got to because all offseason he posts out his he posts his workouts. Remember what I was saying before how he's he play he plays wide receiver like a basketball? Yeah. It literally looks like when he's on the field, he's trying different ways to cross people up. Like a basketball player without the ball, dude. He, it makes perfect sense. I mean, he bodies and boxes out like a tight end would, yeah. like Antonio Gates did yeah. for the Chargers for all those years. Yeah, like, he's, he's he's very good. And you were right; he is a team player. He's actually become a leader for the, for the Chargers. Uh, he's been really supportive of Justin Herbert, and that could be a little difficult, you know, for like you know a rookie not knowing what's going on or what have you. But even this like past weekend, he was at like Herbert's like inner like, golf like thing just to show support. So he's become a quiet leader. Which usually you don't see too many leaders from a wide receiver standpoint. No. Plenty of divas, not, yeah. en not enough leaders. All right, for my number four uh, ranked player, this guy you can say is a leader too, uh, you know, on his team. Remember when we were talking about Mike Evans being ranked second in the league since 2014 in receptions of 15 plus yards? 
Do you know who the first ranked guy was? Probably the guy you're about to say. Yeah, I like that. The, uh, did you my see fourth, what I did there? <laughs> my fourth ranked wide receiver, Julio Jones. Now, okay. this is going to – people. I know what everyone's going to say. Oh, he's getting up there in his age. What about his injuries? Last year was – but last year was the first time he missed significant time since 2013. And, yes, he's often injured, but he guts it out. And hasn't and he hasn't let his injuries affect his ninety five point five yards receiving per game, which is more than Jerry Rice, Megatron, Fitzgerald, Moss, T.O. God, throw any other great wide receiver. It's, it's the most in NFL history. So if he's not finishing games, but how's he still averaging ninety five point five yards receiving per game? So I don't want to hear the fact that he's old or he's or he's getting he's oh, he's injury prone. Those are just narratives that the the blue check marks throw out there to try to make themselves sound intelligent. When he's on the field, he's a force. He can play the X or the Z or the big slot. He's interchangeable. He can beat you deep or he can take a four-yard screen to the house. He's explosive. Julio Jones is is just I, – I hope he's on your list. He's kind of like the Tom Brady from last time because I feel like people forget him about because his age and what have you. And it's, it, he's not, you know – He's towards the end, towards the ladder of his career, but he needs to be in there. He's a seven-time All-Pro. I mean, seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Yep. Me and Julio down by the school. <laughs> yeah. So my number four, I'm just going to come out and say this, is 27-year-old wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, Tyreek Hill. Um, I'll rattle off some stats and then I'll get into my commentary here. So in 2020, 135 targets, 87 receptions, 1,276 yards receiving, 15 touchdowns, nine and a half yards per target. Career, great, great father too, by the way. Yeah. A, great, a, <laughs> one hell of a model citizen, as they would say. Um, career stats, 368 receptions, 5,300 yards, 47 touchdowns, 9.8 yards per target for his career. He is a five-time pro baller. He is a three-time first-team all-pro, although one of those was as a returner, was not as a wide receiver in his rookie year. He was ridiculous. I'm just going to come out and say this because I have no other way to put this. I do not particularly care for this individual in any way, shape, or form at all. However, I'm not a dummy and nobody can deny how talented he is. I honestly think, Lou, that most people would have him higher than four on their list. But one thing I love about this show is that it's my list and I do not have him there. To me, regardless of what the statistics say, he is still a gadget player and a one-trick pony outside the numbers. He is speed and mismatch, right? So to me... He's not the savviest of route runners. What he is is possibly the most electric player in the league with the ball in his hands. There is nobody faster than him in this league, and he creates those matchup nightmares. You can put him in the slot all day. You put him in motion. You find him you know, towards a linebacker who's got to guide him to the safety, and then there's that gap, right? There's not a slot corner in the league or a nickel corner that can compete with this guy, and Andy Reid knows that. I think he is a product of the scheme. He is not somebody that I think that you just line up outside the numbers and he replicates that production. You're taking advantage of his skill, his skill set. So I can't knock it. But again, jet sweeps, bubble screens, in the slot. To me, that's where he's going to make a living all day. Evident by 
those impressive numbers that I rattled off in 2020. Did you know that he had seven games with 65 yards or less wide receiving? Uh, receiving. So to me, there's a formula to cut him out of the game. He's booming. Oh, he's booming, boss. And then, you, but then you pick your poison with everybody else they have on that roster, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to eat, and that's just the way it goes. Um, listen, the kid is a stud. He's a stud. But when I'm building my team, I'm building my list, I look at this position. I'm just looking for a different skill set for my receivers than he provides. That's all. Okay. I mean, he's still in my top five. Like, nobody's denying yeah, how talented no, he is. No, I get it. He's actually my third ranked wide receiver. So, nice transition there. I'm going to disagree with you from the route running standpoint. Let me tell you why. Uh, being that I do watch him frequently, uh, just basically bash my team week in and week out. It's not that he gets great amounts of uh, he doesn't he doesn't have a, a fantastic release or the separate he doesn't get a great amount of uh, separation from the cornerback, but his speed gets him his separation. Mm-hmm. So his yeah his routes aren't crisp, but he gets open all the time because of his speed, and he does run a full route tree, and he could line up on the boundaries. I've seen it numerous times. So I'm not gonna, so when you're talking about he's not a technician like Diggs, Keenan, your number one guy who should be really number two. Uh, but he will still win the route because of his crazy speed. So getting back to uh Ty- Tyreek Hill being my number uh third ranked wide receiver. I think we talked about this in the past. Steve Sarkazian, when he was the offensive coordinator at Alabama had an interesting quote, and I'm going to butcher this and probably paraphrase a lot of it, but it's about big-time plays, all right? Basically, football's hard, and it's easy for one person on the field to mess up his assignment on any given play. That's just one person. Now, go ahead and try to ask 11 guys to be perfect and not mess up a play. is damn near impossible. That is why it's so important to create big plays. You cut down the number of plays for your players to mess up on. And that's what Tyreek Hill does for the Chiefs uh, uh, in Kansas City. He's a big-time play machine. His electric speed and, sh- and uh, puts the fear in the eyes of opposing defenses. Chew on these big play stats. Over the last four years, on targets of 20-plus yards downfield, Tyreek leads all wide receivers with 56 receptions, most by 10, 2,240 yards, most by 687 yards, and 25 touchdowns, more than 10 touchdowns from anyone else. So he's blowing people out of the water. The people who rank second in these uh, stats are not even close to him. What also makes Tyreek even scarier, he's with a quarterback in Mahomes who has a dynamic arm that can take advantage of that track speed. Everything we talk about with him boils down to speed. His speed is different. And I'm not knocking this individual. Lou, I got him at four, right? Like how am I? And you could be splitting hairs over the next three on this list. But it's still, I'll make two points here. I I agree in uh, Steve Sarkeesian's quote of limiting the amount of plays that you're asking your offense to execute. And he does it. And and you know what he's going to do. And you still struggle to stop him. How many games a year do you watch where the first play from scrimmage is a deep ball to Tyreek Hill. And six out of ten, it's hitting. It's the first play. Like, it's the scripted play, and they know what's happening. Can't plan against speed. No, you can't. That's you literally what's the old thing that coaches always say to you? Can't coach speed. You know what I mean? I can coach everything else. I just can't coach speed. And you either have it or you don't, and this dude has it. But his benefit, 
is he is just as quick as he is fast. And there's there's a difference, oh, yes. right, in those two terminologies. And he is elite in both characteristics. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference maker for him. All right. My number three, and I'm going to be redundant here, but is me and Julio down by the school. Good for yard. you. I didn't think he was going to get much love uh, from oh, you. Oh, no, 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 please. You do respect your elders. Oh, my God, do I ever. Um, listen. You rattle off the numbers. We know what 2020 looked like for him. You talked about seven-time pro ball or a two-time um, first-team all-pro. The 99 and a half yards, a game over a 10-year career, mind you, right? Not like three years in the league. That's what I'm saying. When people are saying like, he doesn't finish finish games, he does enough during when he's in there yeah, I, to listen, be a force. To me, Julio, and I will, I will fight this. I will die on this hill. He is arguably a top five wide receiver of all time. 100% agree. All time. He is literally straight out of the NFL genetics lab. Mm-hmm. The way he plays, the way he's built, the way he looks, just freak ability everywhere that translated, right? Like not just like, hey, this is a super freak athlete. Like it translated to the NFL game. I know he's aging, but he's on a new team with a new quarterback in a new conference. And this could be exactly what he needed at the most ideal time of his career, coming out of turmoil in Atlanta, where he clearly didn't want to be there anymore. Uh, little injuries kind of plaguing him, not just last season, but like I always felt like the last few years, those last couple games, he was just fighting through. And the NFL season's long, right? But sometimes that change of scenery helps. You talked about the 95 and a half yards per game. Translation, unstoppable. Like there's no other way to translate yeah. what that means. When he's on the field, he is literally the ultimate difference maker. And I have a caveat here. When he's on the field and actually healthy on the field. I always talk about like Julio limping is more of a detriment than it is Julio. That's just Julio. Any wide receiver. Julio limping is still way better than Russell Gage or any other guys they have on that team though. I I, Eating my own words here. What I'm saying here is sometimes trying like (laughs) shit. Sometimes... You're hurting your team when you're trying to, to muscle to this. No, I'd still take 75% of Julio's health versus 100% of somebody else. I totally agree. I know he's hitting that age 32 season. This could be the start of a, a decline. Even if he's declining from his career numbers, it's going to have to be a really sharp decline for him to not still be considered yeah. in the elite of the NFL um, right now. But this is also why I just believe the the change of scenery is ideal for him and ideal for, for him right now. Don't let the age fool you. This man is still a dominant force in this league. So real quick, uh, two things. First, uh, when Arizona played Atlanta, Larry Fitzgerald went up to Kyler Murray. He's like, watch number 11. He's one of the best receivers to ever do this. That's coming from Larry Fitzgerald, who's a a first ballot Hall of Famer. 100%. Larry Fitzgerald saying that Julio is better than him. That's very humbling. And when you're a a big-time athlete like that, you never admit that. No. That he, your competitiveness is what makes you that. To but it's just that his greatness is so so uh, evident. Yep. That even the greats recognize it. Yep. And number two, fast forward twelve months from now, is Julio still on the list? You think? With the with the Titans towards the back. But we'll we're going I'm, in I'm, right I'm, now. Yeah, I, I think if anything, top. I think Julio going there makes AJ Brown slide off the back of your list from a production standpoint. Dude, you have Julio lining up outside you. The 
the they kid in Ryan Tannehill is going to be like, oh, my God, I'm throwing the ball to Julio Jones. He's not like, oh, my God, I'm throwing the ball to A.J. Brown. Yeah, there's a, there is a star-struckness, if that's even a word that's not, to having somebody like him there outside should, the number. There should be plenty of targets to go around with no And gave up his it, number, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Just yeah. speaks to the human being that he is as well. Yeah. So my uh, second-ranked wide receiver is Devontae Adams. Uh, he's a four-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro. I was torn to put here, number two. I know. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I've been teasing you all all show here. But now we're getting to the final piece. I'm I'm not going to ruin this, but I'm going to discuss in a little why a little a little uh, later why my number one overall wideout was at the top of the mountain. Adams is a fantastic route runner. Some people even say the best. I wouldn't be that person. But he does, he does a great job getting off his release. He's a red zone matchup nightmare. Thanks to all the different routes he wins down there. When he's inside the 10, Adam consistently beats defenders with slants and fades. But his go-to is the whip route. When he fakes the short crosser and reverse pivots out flat towards the sideline, that's his go-to. And he burns cornerbacks all the time uh, with that move. Uh, just listen to the touchdowns he scored in, his, in, in these years. 12 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns, 13 touchdowns, 18 touchdowns. This guy gets in. He's not like uh, Mike Evans, overly big. No, he wins with his route running, man. Uh, And then I kind of did what I did with Michael Thomas. I did with Adams here. So I want to look at, is Adams just a benefactor of Aaron Rodgers? And not so much. Thomas did a better job without Breeze than Adams did without Rodgers. But basically, uh, back in 2017, Rodgers missed numerous games and Adams was able still to be productive. He came up with uh, 41 receptions for 489 yards and four touchdowns in seven games. That's almost half a season. So if you uh, prorate those numbers to a full season, he still would have over 1,000 yards receiving and possibly around seven touchdowns. And his quarterback during that time was Brett Hundley. So, yeah, he didn't do as good as Thomas did, uh, but he also had a worse quarterback during the the absentee of uh, his stud uh, quarterback. My number two is also Devontae Adams. Um, You rattled off stats, right? 18 touchdowns last year, which I I would – we. there's no argument that 2020 was a career year for Devontae Adams. It's pretty crazy to think that – only Stefan Diggs caught more balls than him last year, and Devontae Adams missed two games. Yeah. So think about those statistics. You raised the best point. Is Devontae only this good because of Aaron Rodgers? I would argue can't penalize the guy for who his quarterback is. We could talk about Tyreek Hill and how he maybe has the best or second best quarterback, according to my list last week, in the NFL at throwing the ball to him. There might be some truth to that. Probably as much truth as Tom Brady was only as good as Bill Belichick's system, yeah. as we found out, is not true. You mentioned the whip route, specifically that whip route on the goal line. The average fan, the average NFL fan, Lou, knows that that pattern is coming and knows that route is coming, and yet you still can't stop it. Because you also have to respect the, cro- the, the crosser. Yeah. It, it doesn't you do you know Aaron's already saying I'm throwing to number 17. And that's what I love about this pairing is you know who Mr. Reliability is for Aaron Rodgers. And it's number 17. It's Devontae Adams. And you still don't 
stop it. What I love about Devontae is given he's not this massive human being, his production in the red zone. It's not just on those whip routes, which is the bread and butter, back shoulder throws, quick outs from the slot, all things where it's like, if you're inside the five-yard line, your only focus literally should be, where's number 17? I have to feel good enough about my front that I can stop the run once in a while, and you still can't stop this man. It's his release off the line of scrimmage. It's so good. It's so good. He is, I have here underlined and bolded, he is a disciplined route runner like he knows how to set you up his route running ability begins before he even runs the route his split alignments things of that nature he's already put the person the the defensive back in the position that he wants him to be in based on the coverages that he sees and he's just giving himself space and separation that's all he's doing he is mr reliable he is 24 7 he is 7 11 24 7 always open always available that's why he's number two on my list. Got to ask you a question. Because I, I, I personally believe if he did not have Rodgers or if you put him somewhere else with a lesser quarterback, I don't know how much success he would have. Look all the touch. A lot of we were lauding all his touchdowns. Touchdowns are the most flukiest thing in the NFL. Yep. So, and I've seen him not play with Rodgers numerous times and it did not look good at all. I, I, I'm just saying. I'm not saying from like if you ha- if he had a a mediocre quarterback, do you think he still would be as elite as he is? I don't. And you can say it with any quarterback, any of these guys. Yeah, right? I, I was gonna say you can make this argument for but anybody. I here. actually think a lot of these other players would translate better with mediocre quarterback. Well, than you, he we're making this argument when we talk about like. Allen Robinson, when we talk about, you know, other guys out there that just have gotten zero quarterback play and look what they're still able to do. Do I think he suffers? Like, yeah, but dude was a stud in college too. Led the didn't he didn't he lead the NCAA in receptions his senior year? Do can you name his quarterback? Like Carr. Oh, it was was, was, was Fresno State. That's right. Um, apologize. He wears his quarterback world eyeliner. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, mascara. I'm using your argument. So like that being said, like the talent is still there, right? But like, yeah, he's the benefactor of playing with Aaron Rodgers. Every white Marcus Veldez Scanlon is the benefit of having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you know? Well, I love this because we are going to be in agreement on number one. Well, I'm actually going to make you even happier because I'm going to forego my turn for you to go first. And let me tell you why. Because when we started originally talking about this, you were so dead on who was the number one ranked wide receiver. Not that I was skeptical. I, I had like, well, I need to look at more statistics. I need to put a list together. I'm more analytical, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I can't just make that one of those statements. So you, Football fans make all crazy statements just for you know, shock and awe and clickbait and what have you. I had to go back into the, you know, the archives and take a look. You go first, sir. Thank you. Confirm for me and the listeners that after doing your research, my statement was certainly not outlandish nope. at all. Oh, I didn't think it was outlandish, but I'm like, there was a lot of, there was competition. Yeah. I was feeling a little outlandish coming into this because I was kind of like cross-referencing some of my notes earlier today. And I saw lists that had this individual at four, at six. I won't name the names of, of those sites, but they're shit 
for not having this guy at number number one or number two. And Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola. <laughs> and it is D-Hop, Nuck, DeAndre Hopkins, whatever you want to call him, 28-year-old wide receiver for the now Arizona Cardinals. He's a five-time pro baller. He's a three-time first-team all-pro. Lou, this man has only missed two games in eight seasons. That is the the poster child of health at the wide receiver position. Last year, he had 160 targets, tied for second in the league with 115 receptions, 1,400 yards, six touchdowns in his first year in Arizona. New quarterback, traded late, mind you, mm-hmm. and no preseason, right, to, to adapt. For his career, he's got 747 receptions, 10,000 yards, 60 touchdowns, averaging just under 80 a game, 8.3 yards per target, 61% reception rate. And we'll talk about the garbage that he played with early on before Deshaun came into the picture down in Houston, which really affects those numbers because he had a 70% completion rate when targeting him average over the last three years, which is combination of Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray as his quarterback. To me, D-Hop is the best and most complete receiver in the game. What I love the most about this guy... Save some meat on the bone for me, by the way. You're going to have some fun stats. I know that. Um, I just need to get this commentary off my chest. What always stood out to me is that there is actually nothing flashy about him whatsoever. He's got a big old head clunking around out there, a massive helmet. It almost looks disproportionate. Like what I'm saying is he doesn't look like that uber athletic skill position that you're thinking about. What is flashy is his huge catch radius, the ridiculousness in the terms of the size of his hands and how he makes some of these unbelievable catches. And some of them aren't flashy 50 yards down the field. They're like a 10 yard out where he's falling down and catches it between his legs somehow. Like he's just a stud, dude. He's a stud. He's not super big. He's not super fast. He is the best route runner in football. Oh, we're going to have some words in a second. He is he's 1A. Keenan is 1B. To me, Diggs and Devontae are at three. You got to give me your car keys. I don't feel safe. You you must be drunk. It's a long walk here from here, buddy. Um, He's tied for the second most reception in the league last year with Adams we talked about. He performs like this no matter what team he plays for. I'm using my terminology that makes me sound like a dinosaur, but he is, when you draw it up, by definition, that number one possession wide receiver. But he's also a deep threat without the blinding speed of, of Tyreek Hill. He goes up for the ball better than any receiver in this league. He uses long arms, large hands, body position. He just makes absurd catches down the field. He had 13 catches of 25 or more yards last season which you don't really think of. The other people that had more than him were Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley, um, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf. Names that you think of when um, when you think of 25 yards plus down the field. He's had 532 receptions that have resulted in a first down. 75 yep. of those in 2020 alone. Yep. And here's what I love the most. Going into 2020, he was ranked number eight Overall, in the NFL's top 100 players list that is voted on by so many different people, most importantly, their peers. As a wide receiver, voted number eight out of the top 100. 
and he put up a monster 2020 season in the desert. So it, I, Lou, I can keep going, but there is, I would make the argument that D hop is number one, number two, and number three in this league from a wide receiver standpoint. Okay. So, you know, we're talking about Devonte Adams. Um, I was torn between putting him and Hopkins up there. Uh, and I told you, I was going to go into detail why I have Hopkins at one quarterbacks that Hopkins has played with Matt Schwab, Case Keenum, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Mallett, Brian Hoyer, TJ Yates, Brandon Whedon, Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage, Deshaun Watson, AJ McCarron, and Kyler Murray. Holy shit. Yeah. Bro. Though, most of those are straight up doo-doo. <laughs> all right? Straight up. And he still managed a stat line. If you do all if you average his career, his his career averages are 93 catches a year, 1,250 yards a season, and seven touchdowns, making him one of the most productive wide receivers in the, in the league. That is insane with those those nobodies. And he's not the he's not even close to one of the top top. Listen, ready? Yes, he is. Dude. He's one of the most physical wide receivers. He's probably the most physical wide receivers in the league. That's why he wins. And that's how he wins. Last year he had 13 contested catches, which ranked him ninth in the league. But that's where he makes his bread and butter, those contested catches, because he's so physical. Uh and he has fantastic hands too. Uh per PFF, I know this you always cringe when I quote PFF stuff, but I do think it some of their data is interesting. I, they're not my Bible, but they are certainly my Quran. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, per PFF, his 0.9% drop rate was tied for the lowest mark around wide, those wide receivers with at least 100 targets in 2021. He doesn't drop the ball. But he does put himself in contested catches a lot. For the mere fact, he's not fast, and he doesn't run that fantastic of routes. My opinion I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying Adams is better. Diggs is better. Allen is better. Route running. But he's the best receiver. Okay. So we got to the ultimate goal here. Yeah. It's just a matter of how we got to that goal. But exactly. I would argue his the the deficiency for him is he's like a 4-6 guy versus a 4-4 guy. And that's sometimes why the separation is not there. But I do agree with you. He wins in physicality. But to me... I just think That's it, part of his route running ability because he does it at the top of his breaks. He does it in positioning his body, being in the the right place. But I get body, what you're saying. Yes, yes, yeah. perfectly. But so. I get what you're saying. Someone like Keenan Allen might get more separation out of the route, where D Hop turns that I'm into body <laughs> position. Exactly. So love it unquestionably. I've been so excited just to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like everything we do, I find a way to seed his name into somehow, and Did as you, a yeah. 49ers fan. He plays for a rival. He's still my favorite player in the league. Um, quick question for you because we do got to jump here. Did you write down any names that were like right outside the top 10 for you? Oh, man. You okay. know me, I did. I, I wrote a couple too. So uh, the, my 11th uh, ranked wide receiver, I had Calvin Ridley. I feel like he's okay. highly – He's. I guess for me, he's my McLaurin. Okay. Uh, my 12th, I caved a little bit. Justin Jefferson. Okay. And 13th, I could be persuaded putting DK Metcalf in there. All right. So we're we're saying the same thing right here. I, I, I put everybody here. So I have one additional name that I would throw out there. But basically at 11, I had A.J. Brown. At 12, I had Ridley. 
13 Jefferson, 14 DK Metcalf, but I I labeled them as all tied for 11th, but that's just the yeah. way that I, but the other name that I think doesn't get enough love is Tyler Lockett. See, you were saying Keenan Allen's most under I think it's Lockett. Lockett is super underrated. Yeah, he's super he's underrated. the most underrated. Yeah. He's an afterthought, right? Like even when I was putting together this list and I was like Wait a minute. Where the, where's Tyler Lockett? Like, why is he not up here? Like, you know, I'm putting together a top 10 list and you forget about names sometimes. So either way, a lot of fun. I was really looking forward to the the wide receivers. Um, what do you say we do this again next week? And this time maybe we come back with the – Do you Run, want it? Running backs? Yeah, we'll go running backs. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you wanted to no, ship to defense, then come back nah, over. Nah, let's just stay. Yeah, let's, let's stay let's on the play. offense side of the ball. By the way, folks – Weston won't allow us to do offensive linemen. Nah, I'm kidding. No, no one wants to hear about those big big guys. It's too many. You can't do because you got to do it by position, and there's just too many positions. That's a valid and point. The football season, believe it or not, is getting closer to us. So, sure. Lou, as always, uh, a pleasure. Uh, big shout out to to Ming for having us back in the studio. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, big shout out to where- our executive producer Boho over here. And Lou, he makes us look pretty. He does. He does. If you're not following us on YouTube, you're missing out. Lou, plug us on social media again. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WTFPodNFL. And we'll have it up in a couple of days. Yeah.